When you think about business competition, where are you focused? Your town, your state, across the country? You need to be concerned with competitors around the world. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Today, you'll hear about the mega trends in global business and how they affect your organization, as well as explore issues, solutions, and some amazing facts about business worldwide. Now, here is your host, Mahesh Joshi. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I have with me my guest, JR, and we're going to talk about globalization. Actually, we are revisiting globalization in the year 2023. First of all, I wish all our listeners a very happy new year. And we want to start this year with revisiting globalization, the hot topic. What's going to happen? We have seen in um, the year leading to 2023, Russia and Ukraine. We have seen before that pandemic. Before that, we have seen Brexit. Before that, we have seen change in the geopolitical structure, China, U.S. trade war. Before that, we had seen our financial crisis in 2008. We have seen a lot of things happen in our environment, the business environment, the global economics, the geopolitics, the unrest in people's mind for the people which were getting left out in the global growth of the world. Also, we have seen some positives that inequality has increased, but poverty has gone down in certain parts of the world. Now, the global supply chains got disrupted, rebuilt, a lot of things happened. Eventually, one fact is there that we are living an in, in an interdependent world, which is very well connected. Way back before Christ, it was connected with uh, goods, predominantly goods. Now, if you look at it, what is the definition of this uh, globalized world? How are we connected? We are connected with the global flows. A lot of things are flowing across. It's not only goods are being supplied, it's goods, services, even capital is being flowing in different countries because technology made it available. People, people migration, people working from different locations and contributing to work in other countries, data and ideas, above all the ideas. If you look at all the four continents, there is no continent which is not contributing at least 25% or rather, which is not dependent on at least 25% of a major commodity or a resource or a good to be imported into his or her or that country to run the country peacefully and meet the needs of all their population and production requirement. I have with me uh, my guest, James R. Klein. J.R. Klein is the principal of J.R. Global, a consulting firm dedicated to facilitating global transformation through local initiatives, that strengthen markets by emphasizing leadership and systemic change. He has been active in social impact finance for more than 40 years. Mr. Klein is an Oxford University Press published author, thinker, and an artist with expertise in organizational structure, cultural sensitivity, pragmatic leadership, planning, and social impact. His expertise is recognized worldwide. Hi, JR. Hello, Mahesh. How is uh, how is the day going today? It's going very well. And, uh, you know, JR, we are now in 2023. A uh, lot of things have happened uh, across the globe in our planet in the last many years. Um, we had COVID. Uh, we are almost tending to be getting out of it unless there is something else. New variant comes from China, life getting back to normal. Uh, before that, in 2008, way back, we had financial crisis. In 2015-16, uh, or rather say from 2010 to 2020, before um, uh, the pandemic crisis came in, we saw a lot of things happen. Nationalistic governments coming in, making my own country kind of stuff, and also some geopolitical fractures. That happened, the major event early, earlier last year, which was uh, Russia and Ukraine. So with all these kind of things happening, supply chain disruption because of COVID, scarcity of things, vaccine, food, goods, everything, financial crisis 2008, geopolitical revised thinking, people going their own way, 
and uh, uh, the impact of uh, Russia in Ukraine on supply chains and many other things, one common topic which has been always under the microscope is globalization. And today I want to discuss with you, how do you see the future of globalization in a new year 2023 and beyond? Okay, that's, um, that's always an interesting question. Um, and when we get into discussions about globalization, I think it's important to kind of begin with um, sort of the basic definition of what globalization is. You know, in today's world, uh, we're not always certain of what we mean when we talk about globalization. Well, uh, I got some things to say about that, but I'll, I'll wait for a little bit. So let's let's think first about what is what is the primary definition of globalization. Now, in my mind, it globalization is uh, the increasing interdependence and integration of of systems of economic systems, markets, nations, and cultures from all over the world. And when we look at globalization, it, it's not a recent development. You know, people have been trading goods for almost as long as they've been around. But then there's some things that have happened through history that are 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 real paradigms, are real change points. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, back in uh, 138 BC, something remarkable happened. This phenomenon occurred for the first time in history. Luxury products produced in China started to appear on the edge of the Eurasian continent. Uh, what had happened is after being hauled for thousands of miles along the Silk Road, uh, these, these products got there. Uh, and, and based upon that, in, that, uh, that initiating event, Trade had stopped being local and regional and had started becoming global. Over the centuries then, trade uh, became increasingly global. With, with, you know, look at these pieces, these parts of history with, with the early spice routes, with uh, what we call the Age of Discovery. That's when we crossed the Atlantic and discovered other continents and get closer to our time, the Industrial Revolution, World Wars, and the, the technological uh, evolution. I can't, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Jay. You bring in a wonderful point by referring to the definition of global trade and when it started. And, and that's a, a clear indication that if it has been since then, when the Silk Roads and the Spice Roots were there, we have seen a lot of wars, world wars. We have seen a lot of pandemics, and it has still survived, tried, and grew. Exactly. And, and so when you look at that, you, you can get a, a better idea or a, a better version of how globalization has had dramatic effects on almost every corner of the globe. And when, when you look at modern, what I would call modern globalization, uh, has been uh, the most potent economic force in the world, as uh, basically as witnessed by the past 30 years, and primarily it has been a force for good. You know, just, uh, just as some examples, the effects that, that uh, it's produced have been almost startling. Um, you have some experience here. You look at the rise of what has happened in, in Dubai. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you look at the successes of small states like Singapore, uh, the, the growing wealth in emerging economies, the, the emerging market consumers, the, the, the fast-changing consumer tastes. Uh, they, this is so much in front of us that we have a tendency uh, to take them for granted. Uh, again, uh, my mind just gets full of all these things. You know, uh, what has globalization has really 
facilitated or enabled uh, a whole list of stuff. Uh, um, just rattle off some. There's you know access to new cultures, travel, for example. Uh, the, the, a, a big one, the spread of technology and, and innovation, uh, uh, low-cost consumer products. Uh, the, there has been a definite change in standards of living across the globe. We have, uh, as businesses, we have access to new markets, new talents. Our, our, our pool of labor basically has been internationalized. Um and 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 we have we have done probably not as good a job as we should, but uh, there there is sort of this managing of employee immigration from from market to market. So globaliz globalization uh, has been a force for good. But but as I say that, uh, I have a but in that sentence, and that is that there are some exhibiting signs. That uh, that it is uh, faltering a little, that it's fading a little. Uh, um, it's been around long enough that people now are beginning to react to some of the imbalances uh, that have been called some of the mm -hmm. uh, some of the side effects. And, yes. and 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 this then this then begins to manifest itself in and sort of. I would call it growing political volatility, um, which has, which may bring about some uh, revolution in politics as people begin to search more for accountability and responsibility, uh, responsible forms of governor. Now, isn't that an interesting statement? Uh, that 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 in in my mind and from what i can glean from the research that i have done um what 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 people are actually looking for is accountability and responsibility in in their forms of of governance and i i'm purposely saying forms of governance because i want to make it as as broad as possible so as we start 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 examining that, uh, re research tells us a lot of very interesting things. Now, again, uh, before I actually start thinking about that with you, we have a kind of our conversations here. It's good for us to keep in mind that original definition. Uh, that original definition is relatively simple and straightforward. But when we look at the effects of, of, of globalization. It's important for us to understand how interlocked and connected the spheres of economics, uh, politics, finance, geopolitics uh, have changed uh, the world uh, that we have today or how they've shaped the world that we have today. Uh, and and when we you you mentioned in your intro a little bit when we we think about health politics economic crisis we really think about how how these things have connected to everybody this health uh, economic crisis demonstrates that that the world is not siloed yeah uh, you're so right yeah. i think that's that's a very valid point and it's a good point you know jer what we're going to do is uh, we are going to take a short break and we'll continue our discussion in our segment two. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. And we have uh, JR Klein with us. And we are talking about globalization. Actually, we are revisiting globalization in the year 2023. What the future holds for us in terms of globalization in the year 2023 and beyond. So um, do you fantastic discussion and, and, and a great background and where we are, what's happening? I just wanted to share a few more data points with you and with our listeners that Amongst everything which was happening around us, the, the pandemic, the Russia's uh, thing in Ukraine, the financial crisis and its implications from 2008, national governments, Brexit, geopolitical fractures, and many other upheavals which our planet has seen. Beyond that, another thing which took a concrete shape in last decade, although it was on the anvil for quite a while, was decarbonization. Now, the aligning of most of the nations to the most pressing needs or the current need for our generation of future survival to limit the temperature rise to 1.5 degrees C by 2050. And more than 135 nations agreed. And uh, then we had the Paris Accord and COP26, 27, all of these moving in the right directions. Now, having said that, the contribution to carbonization of the world or heating has got some relationship with industrialization also because we started using fossil fuel. We started doing many other things which were, which were putting pollutants, uh, included our lifestyle too, into the atmosphere and starting to hurt the atmosphere. Now, we are in a situation, some are developed economies, some are emerging, some are yet to develop, some are poor. Now, everybody wants to grow. How the world can get together and, and face the situation which was existing plus leverage the efforts of decarbonization. Would that decarbonization fracture the globalization a little bit more? Or would it be the next source of growing the globalization much more? Now, as you rightly said in our segment one, that Ours is an independent world. Earlier, as you gave the perfect example of BC, when through the Silk Road, we used to do trading in goods. So it started with flow of goods. But now the situation is vastly different. The world is independent. It is not connected only by the flow of goods. Now the flow of services and flow of capital. And you talked about uh, people. It's flow of people. And then next boom, which came in, which they say that you know, the, the data is the new oil, the flow of data, the flow of ideas. So the global value chains, which used to happen only in the flow of goods and natural resources, have become pretty complex. And they're creating a more prosperous world because with the flow of data, intellect and people, the flow of capital, uh, the, the, the utilization of services across the, across the globe, uh, you can leverage the most efficient service or goods wherever it can be produced. Well, that's true. It has created some kind of concentration. 
it's like if I have to share an example, is China uh, may be providing to the whole world more than 60% of electronics. Similarly, uh, Brazil and Australia providing a lot of iron ore. And similarly, if you look at what's happening in terms of lithium, those rare metals, where they're coming from, where are they getting mined, and where are, where are they getting concentrated into a usable format? You know, these kind of things have created so many intricate value chains uh, that it can hurt if there is a concentration, but there was an advantage of concentration in the past. There were efficiency gains. But what happened during pandemic, what happened during the disruption in supply chain, people noticed that, listen, concentration may have its disadvantage. So now, now in this year, 2023 and beyond, what could happen? Is it uh, the, the, it's a deglobalization happening or it's re-globalization happening that supply chains are getting realigned? Now, there is a fact which is available to all of us that if you look at uh, some of the details of, let's say, past 30 years, and as you mentioned earlier, beyond the goods, the flow of intellectual property, flow of international students even, the flow of services has been growing tremendously. And in the last decade, which was just pre-pandemic, let's take it from 2010 to 2019, just the data flow across the globe grew by 50%. That's a major flow. Despite of all the disruption and all, uh, all what we had thereafter, the goods flow hit a record high in 2021. Although we still had the lingering impact of pandemic and if you look at another piece which makes the business grow or the economies grow is capital. The capital flow grew in 2019 to 21, these two years, by almost 50%. Now, if you put in perspective, these are like way big, some outlying outliers, some big numbers. The fact is every region, if you had to look at Middle East, North Africa, Asia Pacific, Europe, Latin America, and North America, every region is importing close to 25% of at least one important type of resource or a good which it needs. And it needs quite a bit and, and they need definitely those products. So that makes the global interdependence much more important. Now, while if you look at these data, you will realize North America, which relies so much on imports from China and others, is a country which has fewer areas of very high dependency. Where it realizes, it definitely relies on imports of both resources, minerals, manufactured goods, but has the most fewest areas, which are actually less than 25%. And some areas like Europe, they are dependent almost 50% on energy needs. North America has literally 15% of electronics needs, which are coming in. That's the largest. And 10% in minerals. Minerals come from Asia, Pacific, Latin America. Electronic comes from mostly as it goes to the rest of the world from Asia Pacific. And if you look at energy sources for Europe, huge 50%. And same thing, 50% of minerals for them. They come from Asia Pacific and Latin America. Look at Asia Pacific, which looks like, you know, the, with China being the manufacturing factory for the world, they import more than 25% of energy resources from Middle East and Russia. And they import more than 25% of mineral. China itself imports more than 25%. And I think most is from, from, from uh, Australia. And uh, uh, one of the major demands for food, I think it is the main product, would be probably soybean, 20% of key crops they get from there. Same if you look at, go to the other end of it, Latin America, 50% electrons. Who is ruling there? Asia Pacific is shifting it. But now what happened to pharmaceutical? Most of this is coming out of Europe, medical equipment and pharmaceutical. Latin America's second largest import is pharmaceuticals. Africa, again, electronics, same as US and, and Latin America, 50% from Asia Pacific and key crops from Asia Pacific for them. Middle East, as you rightly said, 
60% of their key crops, although they export most of energy, they're importing from Russia and Ukraine especially. 60% total they get from everywhere, but predominantly from these two countries. 25% electronics from Asia Pacific. But look at that Ukraine and Russia dependence in Middle East, which is giving the most of energy, is Russia and Ukraine. So now it makes the whole equation very complex. So starting from the brilliant start you gave from the Silk Road goods, now with that, this is how it has grown. No, that's sort of an excellent, uh, excellent dissertation uh, on the point uh, that uh, that I stopped on, and that is this idea of having uh, an uh, interconnected, uh, connected world. Uh, you know, uh, uh, as you, as your examples so uh, fitly pointed out, uh, we're not silos anymore. Uh, the actors in one area do not have the luxury of isolating themselves from the impact on, in other areas. Uh, you mentioned finance, for example. Uh, if anything, you know, finance in today's world is global, uh, and it's all driven by uh, pretty much by technology. Uh, the interlocking—I'm sorry—the interlocking and um, connection happens in some very fascinating ways. Uh, and and as when you're talking about technology, let's start there. It's really a good example. Technology has no geopolitical boundaries. Uh, it, it's, uh, it, it complicates uh, diplomacy, for example, uh, where, and we see a rising cyber warfare, uh, and we have this phenomenon, this diplomacy of tweets. Right. Uh, you know, you could get on uh, on social media and and it isn't just uh, it isn't just looked at by a small group. It's looked up, looked at by by uh, we used to call her the 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 mother in the kitchen in Kenya, or the prime minister of X country gets to read them. Yeah. Uh, it it has accelerated economic change and uh, and and really, if we if we kind of look at the bigger picture, has changed the way that uh, central banking has has looked. It, it changes the way that they look at inflation. Examples in the in the financial market, for example, they they have now new data, new algorithms that have changed how the markets actually operate. Uh, and and when you when you get into that, you get into that and, and on this sort of global scale, there, there are some undercutting risks uh, that are not just functional inside of one local country, one local part of a country, one local region, but you have things that impact everything. I'm just going to give some examples. Uh, there's a lot of debt out there these days, uh, a lot of debt. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk, I'm not going to talk right now, I don't think, uh, about uh, kind of where that, how, how we got so much of that debt. And, and in reality, uh, humans are less productive than they used to be. Uh, I, and I'm saying used to be. I'm talking uh, uh, pre thirty years ago, right? Uh, a trade, uh, trade, and military tensions uh, are are rising. Uh, we can see that in Ukraine. We can see that in other areas of the, of the world. Like today, see that South Korea shot some warning shots across the bow of North Korean drones that had been flown into their airspace. Uh, and so uh, there, there's sort of this observable paradigm, this observable transition in globalization happening in the world of politics, finance, economics, and, and kind of international relations. Uh, that, was, that was kind of going on even before our last crisis, even before the pandemic and this military aggression in Ukraine. Um, that is very true. I, I think you have a very valid point that that is already happening. Uh, 
Joel, we're going to take a short break and we'll continue on this point in our next segment, which is segment three. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, and we have with us our guest, J.R., Jr. Uh, Klein, and we are talking about globalization. Topic is revisiting globalization. What are the various options, possibilities, scenarios in uh, this new year, 2023, and beyond? Considering the impact of a lot of stuff, decarbonization initiatives, uh, Russia-Ukraine conflict, uh, past financial crisis, COVID supply chain disruptions, and many more impacts of geopolitical fractures. Uh, Jay, you were um, elucidating uh, on this very important point. I'll let you continue with your point. Uh, we, were, we were talking uh, about the, the way that uh, the, the transition is taking place in, you know, in globalization. Globalization has always been about transition, um, but it... it, it um, the, ele- the the narrative today has sort of elevated, uh, and again, the narrative is always about those points of globalization that you that you talked about, the sort of this interflow of ideas and people and money. Uh, the 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 narrative in the world today is sort of turning away uh, from globalization. Uh, yeah, you see in the recent over the recent decade. Um, narrative has become sort of a a whirlwind of change and controversy <laughs> and i i actually don't think that's an overstatement <laughs> that is true yeah and you if you look at the basis of globalism you see very interesting things that have happened and 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 this narrative has a tendency to not focus on those things but because uh, because it, we have become so accustomed to living in an interconnected world that the things that are most evident to us are sort of those outliers, outliers, those things on the uh, that lay at the edges, or those things that are underneath that we don't have any that we really don't pay attention to. For here's an example: um, uh, globalization really has spawned several republics. Uh, you know, and and again, I'm going to define republics as is in a, a a structure where 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 uh, uh, people uh, ha- are are pretty well um, uh, equal. Uh, there's uh, there's strong uh, institutions and strong strong codes. 
uh, and, and you see a lot of that happening. But what we focus on uh, is sort of the other things, examples. Um, there, there is uh, a lot of, uh, of narrative around inequities, as an example. Uh, one of the things that globalization done has done is uh, is is uh, is wealth creation, and with wealth creation, uh, okay, comes wealth inequity. That's an evident. Interestingly enough, you look at the research, and it 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 tells us that most of the benefit of globalization is to high income um, households, individuals, uh, 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 sectors uh, in developing countries and middle and low income sectors in emerging economies. Uh, and so uh, along with that, the increases in, in wages paid on, on, on uh, middle-class uh, labor, uh, those wages have pretty much remained stagnant for nearly 30 years. So a lot of what we see inside of this narrative is what I would probably call a, a sort of a middle-class revolution. Uh, and and, and we'll, another thing that I also uh, take from uh, my searches is that Many of the the leaders, uh, politicians, uh, their narrative uh, don't acknowledge uh, this kind of a contradiction. Um, another thing that we have seen uh, uh, that I would call um, uh, probably a downside of globalization that we're now beginning to see more countries that are veering toward uh, uh, being ruled by Strong men, okay. Uh, the the uh, or I would uh, politely probably call it uh, managed democracies, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and so uh, the more the world has developed, the more the the steam of globalization. Uh, we see that. Uh, that extremes are are emerging, okay. Uh, and again, now I'm I'm just going to point those out a little bit. Um, let's think through um, the 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 new sort of stress factors and risks are touching people uh, uh, people's lives. Uh, the, what I would call ordinary people's lives. Remember, this is sort of a middle class revolution. So mm -hmm. you have uh, uh, people whose whose um, uh, lifestyle has changed dramatically, but you know their spending power has changed over over thirty years, uh, and uh, that that has sort of contributed to the sense of uh, a world turned upside down, uh, and and to make matters more complicated. This sort of this tide of easy prosperity uh, seems to be going away. Yeah, uh, uh -huh. uh, the the further it sort of retreats, uh, the more it exposes other fault lines hidden by sort of globalization's onward march. Now, I, I'm uh, both of us sit in sort of what I would call the Western world. The Western narrative does not concede the possibility that globalization as we know it may be over and may begin giving way into uh, an, another scenario, into sort of a multipolar world. Um, and that can happen. Yeah, that that's very true. So that's where this the new term, which is uh, being heard, is reorganizing the supply chain of globalization. So there was there was already something available there, and um, as we discussed in our earlier, uh, it's, 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 so let's 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 take that and let's look 
for a second on that narrative that we're talking about. Right. Um, in in the in these narratives, many people like to blame specific ills, uh, countries' ills, or or regional ills. Uh, they they like to put that blame at the at the doorstep of globalization, and and again, think about think about some of the narratives that you hear social media and and other places. These sort of radical political leaders and and media pundits uh, that have spoken out loudly against globalization. Uh, the the notion that everything is the fault of globalization is very convenient. You know, it has sort of become yeah. this, it's easy to this blame convenient it. yeah. culprit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it is it's so widespread that uh, we sort of lost sight of the the basic uh, meaning and implementa- implementations. You think about uh, our our initial definition. Uh, uh, the world is now uh, so well connected in in financing information. Uh, that globalization is everywhere, so it almost goes unnoticed. Very and, true. Yeah, and 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 uh, when I the research that I've done, and, and again, uh, it, it I, I'm never done doing research, <laughs> but but where I am today, you know, globalization has really very few defenders these days. It. Mm-hmm. It's now it's now un, unfashionable, and may I say, politically unprofitable to show support for it. Mm-hmm. Many many economic, political, or, or social stresses like in I'm sorry, inequality, uh, poverty, uh, decline of agriculture, are are subscribe to the evils of globalization regardless of what their true or true origin is uh, and 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 that's uh, that's really an issue uh, another piece is that the uh, public understanding of globalization is is not real great it's it's not real strong and and again it's sort of understandable that that there are very few people that that can take the time to sort of sift through trade reports or examine flows of labor, you know, around the world, you know, it, it and that that this fact of not understanding, probably a good example of that for me is uh, British politics, <laughs> you know, you know, you look at British politics, and and I think you find very few politicians. Uh, uh, that have said that have said anything or have said anything positive about Europe over the last ten years, as they went through the whole the whole Brexit Brexit thing. Uh, globalization has become a, a sort of a catch-all for the negative aspects of economic growth and and functions as sort of a a political doormat, uh, and and sort of I, I I closed my thinking on this by basically saying, there's many success stories you know, over the last thirty years. There's many success stories that have been driven by globalization. So, if according to these narratives, it uh, it halts, it goes away, then many things that people have come to rely on or enjoy. Or 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 have ready access to uh, will disappear. That is very well said, uh, Jr. You know what we're going to do is um, we will continue our discussion in a fourth segment. Uh, and uh, exactly as you rightly said, uh, people have a, have a reason in certain geographies, certain demographics to blame some of the issues on globalization because they have suffered. And you're right, because there have been migration of jobs, but in some, you had classified very well who got 
a better share of wealth or prosperity or inequality going away some in emerging countries how it got impacted in the poverty and inequality inequality increased poverty reduced but some places rich may become super rich it could be in a, a developed economy so those kind of phenomena have happened and and yes there are different narratives there are some narratives which say they may be defaulting towards deglobalization but what's going to be the fact what's going to be the driving factor in uh, next uh, like this year 2023 and next year and the future we'll discuss in our last and the fourth segment when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We are on our last segment, segment four. I have with me, JR, talking and we are revisiting globalization. Very interesting discussions, JR, and uh, uh, immense impact on society, on many other things of globalization, different narratives which are coming into what's going to happen to globalization, uh, a narrative coming from people, in different geographies so different narrative from governments from companies from businesses from technology experts so there are a lot of opinions which are coming up but let's look at this way the globalization if we just measured in terms of trade flows post pandemic racket so probably they rebooted with different arrangement yes society someplace suffered some gain overall uh, the global gdp this year is going to hit 100 trillion dollars which is higher than last year which is higher than year before and it is higher than much higher than what it what it was pre pandemic which it was before the russia ukraine thing which it was before uh, we had brexit which it happened before the geopolitical fractures came in and also higher than what was the numbers before the financial crisis we had i'm just naming some of these crises which can impact it now you raised a very good topic how will it progress and wh- what narratives can impact you is it the governments which will make those decisions or is it the businesses people always talk about that multinational companies have a major role to play now multinationals right now are under pressure because they have global supply chains would they suffer because of it or would they lead in shaping the future of globalization future of the trade flows across the world and in the process they may create growth and prosperity reason being companies may not have those kind of barriers especially multinationals as a country government may have a local country government may have and and they may have some political compulsions yes multinational com- companies have to depend on governments also they have to adhere by the uh, adhere by um, uh, what you call the local policies but they're not 
just align with one particular government. So they are seeing much broader picture. Now also, uh, since you, you, you explained it so well, how the various countries are getting impacted, I just thought of bringing some more empirical data into the play. So let's look at the market capitalization of the five largest companies, or rather the five companies with the largest market cap in the world. Now, in these five companies, if I look, 7% of global GDP equivalent, $7 trillion comes from five top companies in the world with, in, on the basis of market capitalization, not revenue, not profit, not how much employment they create. Now, surprisingly, out of these five, four are American. The one Saudi Aramco, which is at number two, uh, uh, trailing behind Apple, is from Saudi Arabia. Another fact, only one of them has a product, which is Saudi Aramco, which has a physical product, right? Yes, Apple has a product. They have a phone or iPad, but they're mostly technology company. They get it outsourced. They don't make themselves anything. So now that is the face of uh, globalization. Is that it? That $7 trillion of global GDP, one end, other end, the market cap of five big companies equal to that. Now, if I have to put another reference point, that the market cap of seven trillion, but top, uh, oh, sorry, the top five companies by market cap is seven trillion. How many countries GDP equivalent it is? It is surprising that this is the sum total of current GDP of 168 bottom countries. Now, that's the impact of multinational companies on the global trade flows. Now, these are staggering numbers. Why I wanted to bring it into discussion is how can they impact? I think they can impact the decision making. Few things, because financially they're strong. Second, they impact across the world. Third is they're not just bound by one set of rules from one country to follow because they have to work across the world, and they have that nimbleness, flexibility, understanding of the basic requirements of various countries and driving it. Over to JR. Uh, I, I think, I, I think uh, your, your uh, introduction here of, of data, what underlying data is, is really uh, very important to look at. Uh, we, see, um, we, we see that uh, uh, we have a lot of phenomenal uh, things happening, as you mentioned, in this sort of idea of gl a globalized world. Uh, it's 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 also interesting to to drill down a little bit and look at some of the underlying data related to of some of these globalization trends that might that might be giving a different message. Um, that and and uh, and uh, even uh, I want to I don't want to call them a warning message, but a different message. Uh, that sort of there's been uh, we're at a point now uh, that we're sort of at a at a transitional point now uh, that might. Uh, I don't think we're ever changed the interconnectivity of the world, but this idea of globalization. Uh, that that we have grabbed onto, uh, may we may see some very interesting changes in it. Um, uh, we can see this this uh, sort of uh, different way. Uh, the parts of the of globalization, uh, the 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 flow of trade, uh, finance, ideas, uh, services of, of people have have really become, uh, I'm, I don't know if I want to say slowed down, but they have stagnated a lot since 2015. While some of them, like like service, uh, they're still really still at, at historic highs. It, it's, it's not hard to have the impression that globalization is sort of on the verge of something else, especially once we consider some of the underlying uh, dynamics, uh, things like like trade protections and sort of what I would call regional expectationalism, uh, 
another way to sort of consider this pace of global change is to look at the aggregate activities of some of the world's open markets. So those, I would call them these sort of globalized economies. For example, if we add together the, the gross domestic product, uh, GDP, of countries like uh, uh, Ireland, Switzerland, uh, Belgium, Netherlands, and let's take Singapore, these are sort of small open economies that in many respects are sort of sort of the canaries in the coal mine, you know, uh, for uh, for world economics, in the sense that they are they are uh, the first to sort of pick up new trends. Uh, their trending growth is usually a little bit slower. Uh, it is sort of below the average level of growth enjoyed. By, by many countries over the last uh, 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 20, 30 years. Uh, and the rise, uh, and, and, and so kind of look at, at, uh, at the way that they deal with issues. Um, the rise of new technologies in manufacturing, supply chain management has meant that uh, many, many uh, goods require uh, less capital investment. Uh, and I, I say these things, uh, uh, again, looking at these uh, these canaries, uh, these, these countries have really done quite well. Uh, they haven't had the sort of economic volatility uh, that another, a lot of others in, in the world have. Um, so you get you 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 can see from that what the trending looks like in other parts of the world. So so um, the the new technology that I uh, was talking about, or the, or or what I was actually saying is that lack of capital and investment that we see in manufacturing and su and supply chain management, uh, things like the. Trade dispute between the U.S. and China, the the pandemic, the the war in Ukraine have have fractured. Uh, I'm going to use the word fractured uh, the international supply chain. Uh, it, 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 did, it did create a disruption, definitely for sure. Yeah, exactly, and and uh, the the way that technology has. Uh, has grown, has enabled um, a, company, uh, a lot of companies, a lot of them Western companies, to think about or to relocate their organizations back to their uh, own countries. Uh, we see some other indicators. Um, uh, uh, Cross-border flows of financial assets, uh, basically relative to uh, GDP have continued sort of uh, to trend downward um, from their pre uh, pre crisis uh, peak. Uh, probably that has something to do with uh, uh, with with regulation or some of these other external factors like the trade issues. Uh, profits of multinational companies which aren't really a good indicator of globalization, but it, it's sort of a good gauge uh, of the health of, of some of the actors uh, has, has uh, stabilized uh, and uh, as a trend uh, have stabilized and are gone downward and, and they maybe have hit their peak. Now, when we think about this, I would caution us to, uh, to not take uh, sort of this uh, little, uh, what would I call it, uh, uh, supply chain uh, flourish uh, that is happening, uh, that happened in in and uh, end of twenty and twenty two, uh, as as being uh, classified as a trend yet. Yeah, you know you're right. I'm just these are these are. Uh indicators which have to be seen along with many other things, as you rightly said, because there was a big depression in the supply chain during the COVID, everything came to a halt. So um, uh, uh, 
Thank you, JR. It has been a great session. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. So what we're going to do is we will follow it up in a, we'll, we'll build another episode to share further on the subject, because this is such an important and intriguing subject and very, very important for global economy. And not only just for economy with the decarbonization thing coming into play, how these various levers will play out now. All the events which has happened in past and the new event of decarbonization and also the partial impact of or full impact of recession and many more things to come. So I thank you for your time today and we'll set up another uh, uh, episode to take it forward. Thank you, JR. Yes, uh, thank you, Mahesh. It was my pleasure. You've been listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We hope you'll tune in for another edition of the program next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a good week.